Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Pace, joined with me by Zach Henson. Zach, episode 85. How are you doing? Doing well. Zach, who comes to mind, number 85? I'm going to go with Ocho Cinco. Did you know your Spanish, or did you just know Ocho Cinco was 85? I just had some help, really. You had some, you had some help? All right. 85, probably the most famous 85 of all time. Um, Chad Ocho Cinco, not a great stat line, as I'm finding out. Uh, if you look at his total career numbers, 766 catches, 11,059 yards, and 67 touchdowns. Um, not as good a stat line as you'd think for him, but one of the greatest trash talkers of all time. What you are? I know you can't come. You too pretty. Right there, number two, you too pretty. Y'all can't be talking about nothing. Double 85, that's it. I got a trivia question. It's a new year. Same old question. How do you stop 85? Uh, Zach, I mean, you were you were playing fantasy in the heyday of Ocho Cinco. I mean, I'm thinking like 2005 to 2010. What do you remember about Chad Ocho Cinco? Was he ever on H and F? Man, I really don't know. He might, maybe, but that was a while back. I, I really can't. Yeah, can't remember. Yeah, he he was a character. I remember many games against the Titans. Um, never played for the two-tone blue, but was someone that I loved when they played against him because you knew some kind of trash talk was coming. Um, him, Steve Smith, I'm trying to think of, like, you know, Terrell Owens, some great trash talker receivers in history. Um, a guy who's a little bit more quiet, still a great receiver, Derek Mason, played for the Titans and Ravens. Mason played a few more years than Ocho Cinco. actually finished out stat-wise a little better, 943 catches, 12,061 yards, 66 touchdowns. Wow. Um, it's sad, but some of Derek Mason's biggest moments actually happened for the Ravens. I didn't realize that. That's, that's a better stat line than I thought he would have. Uh, same. I think he ended up playing about 12 seasons. Um, but the most surprising stat line was this next 85, Antonio Gates, who currently technically is out of the league. There's a chance he ends up back with the Cardinals, but 927 catches – 11,500 yards and 114 touchdowns. The most touchdowns ever for a tight end. Yeah, you mean that he's going to come back to the Chargers? I think so. I mean, you know, Hunter Henry, their tight end, uh, is now an IR with a torn ACL from, from minicamp. So I, I think there's a good chance that he ends up back with the Bolts. Yeah, I do too. But uh, 114 catches for a tight end, that's insane. Yes, Definitely. Uh, but, I mean, we talked about minicamp just now. Training camp is back underway, and it reminds me of my best part of the week. Best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. Zach, what's the best part of your week so far? I know we podcasted like four or five days ago. Yeah, the best part of my week is um, last night I got to go to sleep. Finally, we had a lock-in with a youth group. And so at about 4 a.m., we uh, – drove all the teens home starting at like 2.45. And so about 4-ish, I got to go to sleep, and it was amazing. And I woke up and my eyes were burning, but at least I got some sleep. Yeah, I, that's definitely one thing. I feel like when I was looking back on my like teenage years in the youth group, I never really liked that element of the lock-in, the whole like staying up until 6 in the morning. Right, yeah. I was more of a, like, play hide-and-seek, eat pizza kind of guy and then fall asleep somewhere. Yes, 
Yes, exactly. But yeah, you're how old? You're 37, 38. Me? Yes. I forget how old you. Thirty-five. You're still keeping up with the lock-ins, though. I'm still there. I was playing basketball last night at one thirty, beating you know in basketball. So yeah. I think the best part of my week, I found out today at work. Actually, it's probably yesterday sometime on social media. This is the last week without the NFL until after the Super Bowl on February 3rd, 2019. Really? The last week of football. So uh, I know this is to the demise of uh, my fiance and a lot of, uh, you know, girlfriends and wives out there, but football's back. I'm ready. Yeah, it's back. I am so ready. I mean, we have our pre-draft meeting next week. We'll talk about this a little later, but there's just something about early August football that's so boring but so exciting at the same time. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this episode, episode 85. Like I said, um, we talked about our best part of the week. Quick poll question here. We talked about Chad Ochocinco Johnson being one of the greatest trash talkers of all time in the NFL. We played one of his clips. Zach, who do you think, in your opinion, who's the best trash talker in our fantasy league? And like last week's poll, I can give you a few options. You're a loser. All right, Terry Pace does not count. He's not in the league. He is a good trash talker, though. Yeah. Um, what options do you have? What do you got? All right. So, I mean, first choice, first person that came to mind was Ryan Risher. Uh, I think I think he works on it the most out of anybody. Um, maybe not. Even, maybe he doesn't work on it the most. He's just the most active. Yeah. Um, the next name that came to mind was actually you, Zach, and your trash talk of Jake Stanifer and Sean Kemp. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that fair? Be you on this list. It's just kind of fact at this point. It's not really trash talk. It's just kind of a way of life. But I don't even think you trash talk everyone. I think it's just Jake and maybe Ross Garrison. Yeah. And I mean, it's just a way of life for Jake at this point. So he's used to uh, it. Yeah. I wouldn't even call it trash talk. Let's throw Kevin White up there. I think he deserves to be on this list. Yeah, yeah Kevin. That's good. And that's more that's more of a consistency thing over like, you know, six, seven years. Yeah. Of just doing it repeatedly. Uh, a contender that I think deserves to be up here is Chase Gaw, just from the videos that he's made. I think subtle trash talk is kind of his game. Okay. And then the last name here is one of my favorite trash talkers, both in fantasy and just, I guess, in life. A man with a lot of confidence, Jay Myrick of J&J. What are your thoughts? Okay. Yeah. And it's been a while since we've had a special guest interview uh, we've had a lot of like we've had some people like my dad join people like Nate Bain from the Titans join, but it's been some time since we had someone from our league join the podcast. And here to come on is uh, Jay Myrick, the uh, co-manager of the returning champions J and J. Jay, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you guys doing? Wait, wait. It's been so long. We actually have a bumper for this. It's time for the call of the week. Oh, I feel so honored that I got the bumper. That's right. It's been a wait, while. There's, hey. there's also wait, hold on, there's another one. There's another one. It's time for the call of the week. The latter one's definitely better, Zach. We'll talk about we'll talk about that off air. Okay. All right. Um <laughs> gotta pull them out of the drawer. All right. Jay, ever since the institution of the ice bucket challenge punishment for the loser of our fantasy league, I feel as if we've kind of neglected to talk about the winner. We talk with the loser a little bit more around here, I feel like, because it's just more interesting. 
do you feel as if you and Jacob deserve more attention from your, uh, you know, your second championship as a team? Uh, well, I would say that me and Jacob aren't out here to achieve glory. You know, we just, uh, put our noses to the grindstone and just grind out championships and, you know, whatever attention we get is fine, but, uh, we're not in it for the glory. We're just in it to prove that we're better than everyone else. And I think we've done that over the last, uh, four years since ever we teamed up. So Jay, it's going the, pretty well. You'll see tomorrow in the Facebook group, but the poll question this week is, is about trash talk. We've, this is episode 85. So we talked about Chad Ochocinco, uh, being a great trash talker. And we're trying to debate who the best trash talker in our league is. Uh, I listed you as a candidate. Is that fair? Would you say you're a pretty good trash talker? Um, sure. I mean, I, you know, if you want to put that on me, that's fine. I'll, uh, you know, take whatever you want to say. I just Zach, do my thing, you know? Zach, I feel like we were getting a much more humble Jay Myrick. I'm a little, uh, maybe disappointed is not the word. I'm surprised. Would you agree, Zach? I mean, maybe. It's just a I'm different, not- it's, it's a different Jay. You feel like this is different? Okay. I've I mean, grown and matured. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> well, hey, Jay, if we haven't talked about you winning the league enough, let's make up for it, and let's talk about another win for Jay and Jay from this past season. You guys were right. the winners of last season's Pick'em Challenge. Um, you picked a good year to win the Prediction Challenge, and uh, this year it finally had some stakes. Zach, as commissioner of the league, please explain what Jay and Jacob were awarded uh, from winning the Pick'em Challenge. So this year, or this past year, whoever won the Pick'em Challenge, as everybody knows, gets to choose first where they're going to draft. So you get to pick which slot they want to draft in. And uh, so Jay won, and uh, he gets to choose. So yeah, Jay? That's right. I, yeah. What you, you know, you can reveal it any way you'd like. Uh, I kind of would like to hear – maybe some spots that you don't want to pick at. Like what are, what are the worst places to pick one through 14 in our league? Well, I have to say that when we were trying to figure out where we wanted to pick, uh, we went, went through like a lot of different strategies about trying to figure out where the best place to go is. A lot of people prefer picking at the end of the, the first round. So you get those like double picks, um, you know, early, you don't have to wait for so long to get good players. Some people like picking closer to the top. And I don't think, I think it's generally accepted that the middle is where you don't want to be in the first round because you're losing out on those like top tier players. And they're also losing out on those like kind of like tier two and tier three players when it takes too long to come back around to you. So I think you definitely want to either be at the top of the draft or at the bottom of the draft. And I think that's usually what we've seen like at the pre-draft meeting when people are picking, like usually the last spots available are like that, you know, six, seven, eight, nine spots. Haven't you guys noticed that? Yeah, no, I would agree. So can you, so you and Jacob have pretty much nixed out, let's just say picks six through 10, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. We eliminated those basically like off the bat because that's not where we want to be. And so I think when you have the benefit of being able to pick wherever you want, I think for us, anyway, we decided that we definitely wanted to pick near the top so that we could get like a tier one elite player. You know what I mean? So like we can definitely lock one of those guys in. So what we did, at least our strategy was, we identified five players that we thought these are like the best five players 
and like they're significantly better than like whoever we had ranked sixth. So it was like these are our tier one guys that we you can't miss on that can anchor your team for the whole season. And so we basically decided that we wanted to pick somewhere in that top five so we could guarantee to get one of those guys. We debated a lot about like how many were we going to include in our tier one, like how many of these like elite players are there. And then after we settled on five, uh, we knew that we were going to either pick uh, at five so we could guarantee to get one of those, but then also like maximize our chances of getting like a better player on the wraparound or what we, what we've decided to do, we settled on picking at four because we decided, you know, it's kind of provides us a little bit of insurance just in case one of our top five guys gets injured during preseason or in training camp or suspended or something like that. So we're like maximizing our chances of getting our top guy. So it sounds like we're picking at pick four, pick number four. So you have five guys and you have five guys in mind. uh, And so when you're leaving it, to number four you're kind of leaving it to chance that the guy that you maybe want might not be there uh is there a guy well, we you decided that any of these any of these five guys will work for us basically like what we decided is like it doesn't really matter to us which one of these we get so that's why we're comfortable picking a little bit later we don't need the number one pick because we're fine with any of these guys basically jay who would um if, if there's a guy maybe that fell in your lap that you're not maybe expecting to be there at four that you think could go in the top three, who would you be happiest with to fall there at number four? Um, I mean, like I said, I, I think for us anyway, or at least I, I can't necessarily speak for Jacob, but this is how I feel. I feel like our top five guys, there's very little difference between them. So it's not really about a certain player falling to us. Like, we're fine if we get any of these guys. That's why we're picking. Like, if we had three guys that we thought these three are significantly better, then we would have picked at, like, three or at two. So, for us, like, we're not really worried about it. They're all kind of, like, equal. I don't mind revealing those five guys if you're interested. I'd love to hear them. Or you could guess if you want to. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming Lev Bell and Antonio Brown are both on that list. Absolutely. David Johnson. David Johnson is on the list. And Zeke. Zeke is on the list. There's one more. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. Nailed it. Nailed it. I mean, it's not that big of a surprise. No. But for us, the biggest thing was like trying to figure out, or for me anyway, like, do we have a top six? So for me, like in my ranking right now, and like everything is obviously subject to change as I'm doing research and getting ready for the season. Like my sixth best player is Julio Jones right now. And so, like, for me, I was trying to figure out where is that line of demarcation between, like, these are the guys who can, like, anchor your team for the whole season, or this is a guy who's admittedly amazing but maybe has some questions. And so, like, with Julio Jones and everything going on with him and, like, holdout and training camp and Calvin Ridley showing up and everything, for us, we just decided that the four running backs and Antonio Brown, those were our tier one players, so those who we're going to target. Jay, so you're, you're saying you're picking at number four. Um, I love looking at the last couple of years of the NFL draft. So picking at number four, I'm, I'm going to give you some confidence, all right? All so right. Of the NFL draft, here are players since 2010 of note that were picked at number four. You ready? Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver A.J. Green picked number four in the, in the 2011 draft. A good pick, right? Yeah, great pick. 
I'm, I'm making my way through this. This is terrible radio. Uh, Lane Johnson, a left tackle, has no importance to fantasy. But in 2015, the fourth overall pick, Sammy Watkins in 2014. Uh, not an awful pick. Uh, I would say there's some, some questions with him. Not, I don't think he's turned out to be a number no. four overall pick. No, but maybe you'll agree with this Good player. Number four. 2015 number four, Oakland Raiders receiver Amari Cooper. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. 20, Great pick. 2016 number four, Dallas Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott. On our list. On your players. list. And then the number four pick last year's draft, 2017, Jacksonville Jaguars running back Leonard Fournette, who I famously said would not pan out uh, once he was drafted. There's a video of it. <laughs> Well, I mean, he could go through a sophomore slump. Yeah, so we'll see. I just, I think, I'm just trying to give you some confidence. The number four overall pick in the NFL draft, at least, has been uh, seems like a good spot. It's been a good spot. So I think you guys made a good choice. Thank you very much. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Jay, this is your second championship after winning in 2017. You won the top prize from the coin flip with Jacob two years ago. Uh, any hints at what jersey Jacob will choose his prize for this year, or is that kind of a draft night surprise? I think we're going to leave that for a draft night surprise. I'm going to take a guess here, and I think Zach might agree. Um, I'm assuming it's a new Titans jersey. They refreshed in April. Um, maybe a certain quarterback that might find his way on pace in your face. Um, that could be, that could be, would be a good guess. If you had to guess, that would be a good one. Could be Corey Davis, who was Jacob's draft crush last year. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not. All right. Um, hey, Jay, I know you're one of our four listeners, and you'll understand this next question with no explanation at all. But as the team with the first overall pick – or not first overall, but the first selection with the fourth overall pick, who are you saying no thanks to in 2018? Uh, my no thanks candidate is going to be kind of weird for, for me anyway, because he's angered a couple of my really great teams, but this year I'm no thanks seeing Odell Beckham Jr. I just don't trust Eli Manning and everything that's going on with the Giants. I think everything's going to go through Saquon Barkley. I think he probably won't live up to wherever he's drafted on draft night. So not saying he won't be great. I just don't think he'll be as good as wherever he ends up being picked. So I'm no thanks seeing Odell Beckham Jr. So Odell Beckham Jr., no thanks. No thanks. Um, that's all for me, Zach. Do you have anything for uh, the returning champion? I know it's hard for you to to talk to a re- another returning champion because it used to be H and F were the only team that had done that. <laughs> no, I think uh, I think their strategy is sound. I think that's a great way. I mean, just get whoever falls to you. You know, especially with uh, you know Le'Veon Bell, and you know that'd be kind of tough to trust him as a you know, top five in case something happens there. So I like four. I think that's a good selection. Did I, Zach, did I miss out on anything? Did we cover all bases with Jay? It's been a while. No, I think that's, I think it's great. It's, uh, you know, kind of fun to know where they're going to pick and then see where everybody, where the chips fall on uh, Monday night. Jay, do you have yeah, any? I'm looking forward to it. Do you have maybe anything, Jay, you're wanting, you're hoping to hear out of the pre-draft meeting on Monday? Is there any topics to be brought up that would interest you? Um, well, I mean, I've talked to, with Zach a little bit about this. I don't think this will be an implement for this year, obviously. But I would like everybody to start thinking about maybe switching our draft to an auction-style draft. Um, I've done some research on that for my other league. 
And it's a really, really fun way of doing it because like everybody has a chance to get every player. So you're not forced into this like snake system where if you get stuck at pick 14, there's no way you're going to be able to get Antonio Brown. If we had auction style, everybody has equal chance of getting Antonio Brown. So you can just kind of decide how much he's worth to you. I think it would increase the strategy and the thought that goes into everything in our league, which, and that's what we're all about is like, you know, adding it like an extra level of complexity and doing things like a little bit differently. So I think that not for this year, obviously, but for the future, we should maybe think about uh, switching up to that style. Zach, what do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, like Jay said, I mean, I've been talking to him about this cause I knew he did uh, a draft recently, of, you know, with auction style last season. So I was just kind of curious how it went and stuff. And, um, I'm definitely open to hearing everybody's opinion on that. You know, I think it would be fun um, to try it out, you know, maybe in like a a separate league of some of our members or something like that, just to test it out and see what we thought. You know, the only thing is it would make the draft a lot longer, right, Jay? Yeah, it's not like significantly longer, but probably like maybe 25% longer. Okay. It just depends on how good the person that you get is for like the auctioneer or whatever. Like for our league, we usually, our draft, like before when we were doing like snake style, it would take like maybe two hours. And I think we did auction and it ended up taking like maybe two and a half, 245, something like that. So it wasn't significantly yeah. longer. But we don't draft yeah. IDP, so our draft is shorter. So, Hey, one, uh, one way to offset that uh, in the, with the draft getting longer, if we were to move to an auction, maybe cut out one or two bench spots. Maybe it kind of equalize everything. Uh, I mean, I don't know. My opinion is that we need all the bench spots we have because we're doing the IDPs. And so you kind of have to like manage, like, you know, having backups for all the different positions. So, I mean, I would be okay with cutting out some bench spots if we also cut down maybe a couple of IDP spots too. But I know that that's not a conversation that anybody wants to get into. I think me, your co-manager would love to, but um it's, it's <laughs> yeah. hard it's hard to get jacob to come on a podcast hey it's hard to get him to come to dinner yeah exactly hey jay i just thought of something you were the, kind of the the big influence on us moving to our uh bid buck system in free agency after one yeah, season i thought it went great and it was great yeah. content for the podcast and yeah, it was awesome it was really interesting i love yeah. it yeah yeah just I'm, glad, to see I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. it yeah i, th- I think yeah, it was i mean great- i thought it i thought it went great and i think that the system is a lot better and I think it's easier on people who, you know, work on Sundays or have other stuff they're doing on Sundays that they can't be like hovering over the waiver wire during the games. So for me personally, I thought it was a great change and helped us out a lot as we're making moves and putting things together. And I think, again, like I said, for me, the thing that makes our league unique is like, we're always trying to add like an extra level of strategy, like taking more and more of the luck element out of it. So it's like your skill as the manager, like managing your free agent bucks and trying to figure out how much you want to bid for a certain player and things like that, that makes our league different and more competitive. And I think it's great. All right. Hey, Zach, any questions for Jay before we part ways here? Nope. I think we're good to go. All right. Hey, Jay, best of luck this year, man. Congrats uh, again on winning both the Pick'em Challenge, of course, and winning the league um yeah more importantly the league championship right i, I mean also i want to point out i think i think we are the like i think one of the only teams that has multiple championships i was looking at the league history earlier 
I think Zach and Brian have won like seven or something like that. And Jeff and Rob won one apiece before they teamed up. And then we've won two since we teamed up. We didn't win any beforehand. So I think we're the only three teams that have multiple championships. So it's a league company. Well, you're back to that trash talk we talked about earlier. So well done. <laughs> All right. Good All right. Job, take guys. care, Jay. All right. Have a good night. Yep. Once again, that was Jay Meyer, co-manager of J&J. Uh, Zach, after we talked with Jay, where would you rank him, I guess, among the trash talkers? I feel like he's kind of humbled a little bit. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think my vote for that poll question was going to be Rish because Rish just is always dishing it out. So I don't really think of Jay as like a trash talker. Um, so I don't know if I would really put him, would have put him on the list. I would have thought of, of probably Jay, I mean, uh, Rish and Kevin. Yeah, no, I like that. That'll probably, they will probably receive the most votes. I would, I would bet, but I love having Jay on the podcast. He always brings new ideas. And he always has something prepared, like a list, like we had tonight with where they were picking. Were you surprised that they went with number four? It's kind of random to me, I feel like. No, I feel like that's a great strategy. You know, like I said, when we were talking to him, I, I think that's really smart. I use, the word, I use the word random. It's not random. Clearly, they were calculated. I mean, Jay talked about the process they went through. So that was an interesting take. We spent more time talking about them making a single pick than I thought we would, but I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, a name we haven't heard in quite some time, I feel like. Josh Gordon, uh, Cleveland Browns receiver. He appears to be on the cleanest path back to the NFL since he was originally suspended in 2014. Um, he told, actually, uh, you know, his team, he put out a tweet today saying that he has put a request in to be placed on the non-football illness list ahead of training camp. Um, he feels like he's physically and mentally prepared, but he still feels like he's kind of got some demons that he just wants to clear his mind and, and make sure he's ready for the season. Um, how much stock are you putting into Josh Gordon this year? And if you and H- if you and Brian had the chance to draft him ahead of one of the Gaw brothers, you think you'd, you'd take a chance on Josh Gordon? Um, maybe, probably not. I mean, cause I don't think Jeff and Rob really care for him that much, but I think it's pretty wild. Um, you know, what's going on, you know, in that situation, but I mean, hope you hope the best for him. Cause I mean, he messes up one more time. What is it a year or something? He's Yeah. I mean a full 16 game season, he's only played once and that was in, uh, 2012 I believe his biggest season was 2013 he played 14 games listen to this ridiculous stat line in 14 games he had 87 catches 1646 yards and nine touchdowns uh, he was first in the league in receiving yards that year by 150 yards uh, second place Antonio Brown 1499 his yards per game that season were 117.6 which were also first in the league so this guy definitely has the ability and the talent, I think, to be you know top five receiver, um, he has a few things up against him, right? I mean, uh, you know, a looming suspension if he screws up again. He has a rookie quarterback this year with Baker Mayfield, who who knows what kind of Baker we're going to get. You know, we don't know if we're going to get um, you know a Nathan Peterman rookie or if we're going to get a Deshaun Watson. So it's all kind of up in the air for for Josh Gordon. I think if he can stay clean, 
he could be a number one, number two target for uh, for Baker. Yeah, I agree. I mean, do you so would you trust him over Jarvis Landry? Like, who would you who would you rather draft in that situation in Cleveland? I don't know, man. It's just you know Jarvis Landry, new face, new team. I don't know. I got to see it first. Right. Um, next bit of news here. These are two names that we thought would hold out uh, heading into training camp this year. Odell Beckham Jr., who we talked to with Jay, and David Johnson. We also talked with Jay about running back for the Cardinals. Both are expecting um, revised contracts, and they both have announced already this week that they have no plans on holding out um, this season. Zach, you know, you don't have to know thanks either of these guys. Jay, no thanks to Odell Beckham Jr., but – Kind of what are your thoughts on OBJ and, and David Johnson heading into uh, 2018? Yeah, I kind of agree with Jay, you know, no thanks and uh, OBJ and David Johnson, you know, coming back from an injury, just kind of one of those things you want to see first, you know, and, and maybe, um, you know, maybe trade for him or something down the road, but I don't know, you know, it'd be interesting to see the preseason. I think we just got a little nugget into the H and F, uh, strategy room you you no thanks a player you wait and see and then you trade for him is what i heard yeah maybe later yeah maybe maybe um last bit of news here another running back and this is this story hasn't gotten any weirder i'll say it's kind of uh normal down i guess but LaShawn mccoy bill's running back is set to report with the veterans on wednesday uh the veterans the veteran players not like you know the war veterans but uh, he'll be at Bill's camp on Wednesday for training camp. Um, Zach, has this story, has, has LaShawn McCoy changed at all in anyone's opinion heading into the draft, do you think? I mean, moved up and down anyone's board? No. No. This story's like losing steam, so I'm not worried about it. You think he's still a first-round pick? Yeah, if not close to it, yep. Who takes him in our league? Uh, probably James and Blake. Yeah, all right. That's You know, I was going to say Jordan Iwanison being that he played for the Eagles for a couple of years, McCoy. Uh, but I like the James and Blake pick. It's yeah. good. Um, but, hey, we've, we previewed um, two other NFC divisions in the last couple of weeks. We've already done the South and the East. Let's move to the NFC North and kind of preview those teams, um, being Chicago, Detroit, Green Bay, and Minnesota. Zach, where would you rank these QBs for fantasy value heading into 2018? between Mitchell Trubisky, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins? Where would you rank those four? Obviously, Rodgers number one. Then you got to go Cousins, Stafford. Cousins and Stafford's close. I mean, I don't know. Top, yeah. Toss up. And then uh, Trubisky there at the bottom. So I would say this is one of the easier rankings we've done. Of, of quarterbacks, absolutely. I mean, I think I flipped where you had Cousins and Stafford. I put Stafford ahead. But, um, yeah, so easy with the QBs. I mean – Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, maybe you agree with this, the best quarterback in the NFL by far, pound-for-pound talent. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, And, you know, he had no Jordy Nelson last – this season he won't. He really didn't have him last year either. But, you know, they add Jimmy Graham and Mercedes Lewis as tight end targets, uh, and they're bringing back, of course, Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb. I I think the Packers can prove, you know, what difference having Aaron Rodgers and not having him – uh, for a full season can make. So definitely consensus number one quarterback in that division. You know what I just realized? This is probably where Des Bryant's going to go, the Packers. That is, Yeah, that's a team that I've heard for them for a while. Um, we'll see. 
I I don't know what's going on with Dez. I mean, the guy, I feel like the longer he waits, or I guess he's not waiting, but the longer the time passes that he's not on the team, you know, he's losing out on, on dollars. Um, but the second quarterback I had here was Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford uh, really was without his starting left tackle all last season. Taylor Decker, who was picked in the first round in 2016, missed all of last year, but he's back this year. And the Lions draft another first round uh, lineman. They take a left guard in the first round, Frank Ragnow. So um, I, I think their lines improved a lot. And to me, Stafford is undoubtedly the best QB in this division. Okay. And then I, I put Kirk Cousins next just because I – to me, I, I don't, I don't think you can put him ahead of Stafford, and I think he's definitely better than Trubisky. Um, but what it was curious to me was was last year in our league in CMB, Matthew Stafford finished sixth among quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins finished seventh. So they really are that neck and neck. Okay. But of course, I mean the situation's changed so much with with Cousins now in Minnesota. Um, where do you think Mitchell Trubisky ranked, Zach, among CMB quarterbacks last year? Out of what? Out of out of thirty two quarterbacks. I'm gonna put him thirty. He finished twenty eighth. Okay. Played in just twelve games. You know, Mike Glennon started the first four. Uh, but Trubisky played twelve games, had two thousand one hundred and ninety three yards and seven touchdowns. Um, Aaron Rodgers only played in seven games, and he was the twenty ninth ranked quarterback. So five fewer games. Um and, and really a disappointing year for Rodgers, of course, with the big injury. But um, there's a big difference to me in Rodgers and Trubisky. It's, it's not even close. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Looking at the running back rooms, Zach, where would you rank um, those four teams in terms of their running backs alone? Um, I'd probably go with Minnesota, number one, and then Chicago, Green Bay, Detroit. Okay. Um, I had a little differently. I had Chicago, number one, with, with Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Uh, and then I had Minnesota, Detroit, and Green Bay. I'm curious why you, why you may have picked Green Bay ahead of Detroit. I think both of them, they're, they're, they're both in my bottom two as well. But uh, I'm just really down on Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a toss-up really there. I could go either way. Neither one of those um, committees are that great, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll start at the top here. I, I had Chicago as first, and the reason I had them there is, is I really think Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen, they're right behind duos like uh, Alvin Kamara and Ingram, you know, Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Derrick Henry, and, and um, Deion Lewis. I think they're a great balance, those two, so I, I would put them at the top of this division. Um, Minnesota, you know, if Dalvin Cook can come back from his ACL and Latavius Murray can stay healthy, I think with those two fully healthy, that could be another great one-two punch. But Detroit and Green Bay are just – I can't – it's hard to pick with those two. Yeah, no, I, I agree with what you're saying for sure. I mean, for the longest – for the last three seasons, Detroit's been running with Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick, and neither guy has really separated themselves. Abdullah, as Matt Suggs knows, has been injured pretty much his entire career so far. Um, <laughs> Detroit assigned LeGarrette Blunt in free agency. They draft Carrion Johnson from Auburn in the second round. So I think they're trying a lot with the running back position. I would like to see Carrion Johnson, that second round pick, become kind of the bell cow. But it's just, it's going to be hard seeing Abdullah and Blunt getting any real playing time. Yeah. 
And then Green Bay, of course, you know, Aaron Jones is out for the first four games of suspension, and their starting running back still is a converted wide receiver in Ty Montgomery. So I had to put them there at the end. Okay. Um, receiving core, where would you rank these teams? Let's go with uh, Detroit, number one. Um, Minnesota, close second. And then – Green Bay, I guess, and Chicago, although you could flip-flop either one of those. I don't – you know, either way. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe give the edge to Green Bay with uh, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, so I had the lines there kind of at the end, and it's only because I don't feel like they gave Matt Stafford a lot of help this offseason. Um, you know, they let Eric Ebron go to free agency – I like Golden Tate and Marvin Jones, of course. I just think they could have done a little bit more to help out Stafford. You know, they signed Luke Wilson, the tight end from Seattle. But that was really the only move they made. Um, so I, I just think Stafford's expected a lot right now. Um, check out the Bears, though. I mean, Kevin White, this is really his last chance to prove that he's not a bust. And nothing through his first three seasons, you know, kind of leads me to believe he won't be a bust. Um, but the Bears have invested in free agency. They signed Taylor Gabriel and Trey Burton. Um, Allen Robinson they signed, who's returning from an ACL. But, um, you know, and, and coming back from an ACL for a receiver, it's not like it hasn't been done before. Keenan Allen did it last year for the Chargers. But, you know, Keenan Allen had Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and Allen Robinson has Mitchell Trubisky. So, I don't. I'm not super high on the Bears. I think they have some talent, but it's going to be hard to see what they do um, if they do anything. And we talked about the Vikings last week with um, with all their receivers coming back. I like I like Minnesota. Um, this is probably the best quarterback they've probably had in three or four years. So, um, I where do you where do you rank this division, Zach? When we talked about the East the week before uh, and the NFC South the week before that with with all, with all those receivers that we talked about with Mike Evans and Julio and all them, where would you rank the NFC North? Uh, I think you still got to give it to the South, in my opinion. They just got some big talent there. I yeah, I agree. Top to bottom, I think they're the yeah. they're one of the best divisions. I mean, quarterback, receivers, running backs. Yep. I think the I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, but I still think the NFC North is a very average division on offense yeah yeah so um we'll see I, I think next week we'll we'll round out the nfc next week we'll talk about the uh, nfc west um but uh yeah no i i think this has been good zach if anything it's kind of forced you and i to you know study some of these teams and we'll know a little bit more heading into uh the draft so it's given maybe you and i a leg up yeah We're, been a, <laughs> are, we, are you ready to draft right now I feel like I am. Has this been a learning process for you? Yeah, definitely. I've enjoyed it, you know, looking into the, the team. So I'm excited. I'm excited for Monday. Yeah, speaking of Monday, let's move on to some league news here, and we'll talk about our pre-draft meeting. We talked about that a little bit with Jay. What's something maybe on the agenda that we're going to discuss, and is this kind of – you think this will be kind of a boring year for the pre-draft meeting? Is this going to be picks and that's about it? Yeah, I don't think we're really going to vote on anything. I don't think there's anything that anybody's mentioned, so it'll be pretty straightforward. Shouldn't take much time at all, and um, we'll just basically get online and um, decide where we're going to pick in the draft and make sure everybody's 
good to go for the draft date. And uh, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 8.15 p.m. 8.15 p.m. Central. Oh, wow. All right. 8.15 Central. And we've still got three people who have not paid. Um, Should we shame them? Uh, we can. You know, Matt Collins, Jordan Alwanison, and Kevin White. Now, Jordan Alwanison um, says that he's going to pay me tomorrow at Campbellball in person. So we'll see. All right. Well, hey, I will find out at the pre-draft meeting if, if Jordan's paid. And if he's not, there's going to be you-know-what to pay. That's right. And then he goes in a separate pool you know, for the draft selection process. So. What is it that Terry Pace said on this, uh, this podcast interview a couple of weeks ago? If you don't uh, play well, you got to pay well. <laughs> yeah, I think he did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, like how Ross used to say, uh, you got to pay the price. Right. Is that what he said? Yes, man. It's been so long. What what is it? Get it right or pay the price. Get, get it right or pay the or pay the price. So that's we'll use that for Jordan heading into the pre-draft meeting. Zach, surprisingly, I don't have a tweet of the week. Do you have anything? Yeah, I got a tweet of the week, and it was from uh, Sports Center uh, yesterday. And it said, "26 years ago today, the greatest scrimmage ever played was in Monte Carlo, and nobody saw it, and it was the dream team." Um, so which team would you take from this? I don't know if you saw this tweet or not. So this was a scrimmage that took place from the dream team. You got the white team versus the blue team. And the white team was Jordan, Pippen, Carl Malone, Larry Bird, and Patrick Ewing versus the blue team, Magic Johnson, Chris Mullen, Christian Leitner, Charles Barkley, David Robinson. Wow. Uh, I would go with – you said the white team was MJ? MJ, Pippen, Malone, Bird, Ewing. Yep, yeah. Versus Magic, Mullen. Leitner, Barkley, Robinson. That was the white team. <clears throat> the white team's the first one. And yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Team White mainly because I feel like the other team, like David Robinson. I don't feel like he was in his prime yet. Like he was. He was pretty young then, wasn't he? Yeah, and I mean, they're gonna just abuse Christian Leitner. Right? Was he? Was he? Was Christian Leitner a bust? Would you say? Oh yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so I'm definitely I, going team Team White. That kid got like one of the the best rods ever doing the dream team in 92. I mean, right. It's amazing. So, but yeah, well, that was my tweet of the week. I, I think, was- I think we need to rebrand this podcast, Zach. This is a, obviously a modern fantasy football league podcast, but it's also kind of morphed into a late eighties, early nineties NBA podcast. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I don't either. I'm fine with it. All right, episode 85 in the books. We'll come back again soon. Probably won't have one for another week because, I mean, we, we did a, our 84 was, what, three, four days ago? Right, yeah. So we'll do the, the meeting for sure Monday, yeah. and then uh, we'll discuss all that, you know, maybe that following week. Yeah, expect like next Tuesday. Yeah, something like that. All right, Zach, anything else before we part ways? That's it. Monday, 8.15 Central. See you guys then. Yep, talk soon.